everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Dense Pixels. I'm your host, Brad, joined by my co-host, Micah. Hey. We uh, we may or may not get Terrence later. We'll see. Terrence was uh, was a little busy, so he might join us part of the way through. Uh, if he does, that'd be awesome. Terrence is on CP time, apparently. I don't even know what that means. Good. <laughs> <laughs> so you said before we started, you were kind of out of it. I'm also a little bit out of it because I was at the beach this past weekend and did the absolute most I could to like disengage myself. Yeah. Which didn't work entirely well, but I did better for me than I usually do. <laughs> so we're going to go with it. We decided to go with what do you people want this week? Cause that just made sense. It's a slow news week anyway. Um, our top story is an interesting conversation, I think. And then we have, uh, we have some other stuff to go over. Um, since Mike has been playing more Persona and I've been just playing more Diablo 3, basically, we don't really have anything new to talk about. Terrence was going to talk about Path of Exile, but we'll have to wait till next week for that. I was interested to hear about that, though, yeah, because it's basically Diablo clone. But we'll uh, we'll get back to him. Um, don't forget, if you have not signed up for premium content, you need to you need to remedy that immediately. Just $5 a month or $50 for the whole year. You do that by going to densepixels.com slash premium. And what do you get with that? You get access to all of our premium shows, which include Look Forward, our political podcast, which if you want a sense of... uh... Now, last week's episode was more ridiculous than the usual episode of Look Forward. Um, But you can listen to last week's entire episode for free in the (laughs) Look Forward podcast feed. I, Um, I suggest you do that because it is pretty damn funny. It was pretty damn funny because because the week before last in politics was an outrageous. <laughs> so with outrageous stories, uh, you also get the Aryan Grievances, a show featuring Micah and Jay talking about life experiences through the guise of Seinfeld, uh, which is always highly entertaining. You get No Time to Bleed, our monthly action movie podcast, and you get the men with the golden tongue starting the crew that you are listening to right now. And uh the next episode of that is also quite hotly anticipated. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's so hotly anticipated that I'm going to need a minute before I watch this so that we can give it to you people because, man, it might be. I, I'm looking forward with the next episode of The Men with the Golden Tongues. I'm looking forward to just hearing from Brad. <laughs> because i think this is this is your this is the one that you hate the most yes and and this also sits behind all of the fake bond movies (laughs) as well like i like i would watch never say never again every day of the week and twice on sunday before i would consider watching (laughs) die another day which is the next movie on the men with the golden tongues, which is going to be recorded sometime in August, hopefully. And also dense pixels bonus round, which once we get a recording schedule for that, we'll be coming to you also on the premium channel. So again, densepixels.com slash premium sign up today and hear what you've been missing. Cause there's over 200 hours. It's probably over 250 hours of content at this point mm-hmm. for Christ's sake that you can get access to. And also uh, if you've not been to our YouTube channel, go to youtube.com slash dense pixels. Do us a favor, hit the subscribe button while you're there. If you've not subscribed yet. And uh, if you're listening to this podcast, we also release it on our YouTube channel every single week in video form as well. So if you prefer to consume it that way and look at our handsome visage that you see right here, then uh, you can check it out there as well. So that's it for, uh, for plugs Uh, new releases this week. It's actually a pretty decent digital week. Not a very big physical release week. So on on the physical side, uh, Mega Man Legacy Collection 2 
This is, uh, I believe, Mega Man 7 through 10, compiled on one disc, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Um, Cinemora EX, which is a uh, side-scrolling game, is also releasing. I'm pretty sure this game has been available for digital for some time. Uh, it's now getting a physical release and like a premium edition. Uh, there are three very notable games coming out on the digital side of things though this week. First of all, uh, Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice. This is the new game from Ninja Theory that's what releasing you, uh, on PS4. What do you think of this game? Do you think it'll be uh, playable? <laughs> no, not playable. Do you think it'll be uh, worth checking out? Because I'm seeing it, and I'm like, mm, it looks pretty, but Ninja Theory, they, Ninja Theory is very competent, but Ninja Theory kind of up its own ass with a lot of their ideas. I think that if you are a fan of their games, um, and if you don't know what Ninja Theory has done previously, we're talking uh, Enslaved. Um, we're talking, didn't they do Heavenly Sword? Heavenly Sword, right. They did, did they do uh, the... Um, they did DMC. Yes, thank you. That's the, that's the one that was escaping me. Yeah. So if you like their games, um, I do think it'll be fine. The reason that it's available digitally is because they're actually self-publishing it. They are uh, they are the ones publishing the game. Um, it's available for thirty bucks, so I would imagine that you'll probably get a shorter experience than you would get at other games normally. And because they're self publishing it, like I get it, right? I get it. But at the same time, like the cynic in me is like, oh well, maybe they shopped it around and nobody wanted it. So I don't. I don't think that was the case. I think. Um, there was a, uh, a couple months ago in Game Informer, there was a feature article written about this game. And it seems like that they just, they found that to be the best um, course of action instead in lieu of shopping it around. And that way they have a little bit more freedom and, and creative control over what they wanted to do. Okay. So right. we'll see. Like I said, I mean, it's it certainly probably wouldn't be a bad idea to wait for reviews to come out if you're not sure if you would like it. But it at least bears keeping an eye on because they are pretty notable game studio have you uh what's your experience with uh with their games do you like them have you played any of them? i i have played um heavenly sword i played about half of that and i played some of enslaved they're not my cup of tea mm. they're definitely not so it's not this is not a game that i will be checking out personally um but i'd imagine I, that there are some people out there that would be into it uh ninja theory for me is a definition of style over substance you know, like Heavenly Sword looks really pretty, but it's not the best thing to play in the world. It's not like fun. Enslaved is has a interesting setting, but you're just kind of running around. There's nothing remarkable about it. Like there's no hook about it. And DMC is just, you know, some white guy's version of Devil May Cry. And it it it. It it is a you know competent game. All their games are competent, but there's nothing that like strikes me as like, whoa! I gotta play the newest Ninja Theory game. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, you know what? I, I am interested to see though how this um, how it does. Just because I could see if this is markedly successful, you could see a lot of those other like mid tier developers thinking about this possible route of distribution. Yeah. Instead of going through a traditional publisher. So we'll see. Like I said, it could be interesting. Um, and that one's a PS4 exclusive as far as I know. I don't think it's coming out on Xbox One, to the best um, of my knowledge. Yeah, I don't think so. I see it's available on Steam. PS4. Okay, there you go. 
Um, the first episode of the Batman Enemy Within Telltale series releases this week as well. Uh, looks like that the new series is going to feature the Riddler as the main antagonist. Um, and it looks like they're actually taking the Riddler and it, and advancing him to his natural like modern day evolution, which is basically that of like being Jigsaw, essentially. I don't know why the Batman movies haven't done this, right? Like you have this, you have this character who's based in like puzzles and who and and come and find me right and if you don't i'll murder somebody like i i don't know i it just seems like you said the natural evolution for what this goofball character should be um i never finished the first series from Delta. how far did you get just the first episode oh really oh geez you should you should probably play it all right. Is it like, does it, I, I didn't think it was bad, but it, it is the most unique portrayal of Batman that I can think of. I remember there's a lot of Bruce in it and they're trying, I think they were trying to get inside Bruce's head because everybody knows Batman, right? So they're telling a Bruce Wayne story with Batman in it. Is Is that the case? There is a lot of Bruce Wayne. Um, there are also some points in the first game where you could actually, you, you actually have the choice of how to tackle a specific situation. So like there's a part where you have to meet with the mayor or something. Um, and you can either go as Bruce Wayne to try to, you know, smooth talk him and negotiate as a businessman, or you can go as Batman to try to intimidate him. And, and what you choose has, you know, far reaching effects on the story. And there's another part later in the game where you can do the same thing as well. Okay. All right. I'll have to, put persona down for a minute for a couple hours i mean you could you could blow through the rest of the five episodes within it would take you eight hours like like if you had a long day where where your wife was either out of town or doing something you could do it in 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 one day if you really wanted to all right so it's it's good it's worth it and like i said this one looks interesting as well and then i could have sworn um that this is either that this was either in beta a couple weeks ago I don't know if this is the full release or what, because I only saw it pop up on the PlayStation store and I didn't see it pop up on the Xbox store, but this is uh lawbreakers is apparently coming out. This is the multiplayer only um, like hero shooting game made by whatever studio Cliff Bolzinski is working for nowadays, which Boss is probably the biggest reason. It's notable. What yeah. is it called? Boss key productions. There you go. So if you are, uh, if you're looking for, Another hero shooter, uh, Lawbreakers will be available. It's only thirty bucks because it's only multiplayer. Um, they didn't, I guess, they didn't see the need to charge full price for a multiplayer only game. Um, I've heard mixed things. I've heard good things about it, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think it's gonna be dethroning Overwatch anytime soon. But if that is, uh, if that is your cup of tea, then you might dig it. And then, uh, so again, is is the hero shooter like? The new, like, first-person shooter? I mean... You know, like, the new military shooter? When you sell... When Overwatch sells... <laughs> now, Overwatch didn't invent the hero shooter, obviously. No, like, certainly not. But when Overwatch is as successful as it's been with over... Christ, at least 15 million copies sold, I feel yeah. like, so far. Or maybe maybe a little less than that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's the next big fad, right, that everyone's going to try to latch onto. We've seen it all the time before. It's just it's just funny to me, man. Like people are in no matter what industry you're in, people are, you know, 
they're all the same, right? This guy did something. This guy took a chance and it worked. So now we got to scramble and try to do it, right? I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, like I said, there'll probably be two or three that stick. Overwatch will be the one that <laughs> that's the healthiest because it was first. Right. And oftentimes, even, even if something better comes along, it always helps to be first rather than the best. Yeah. As we've seen many, many times yeah. before. <laughs> so there you go. What? Um, what, what was that? WWE. That's, um, I mean, hey, true also. So, <laughs> But um, yeah. All right. I, I'm just, I was just curious. Like, because I see a lot of hero shooters. Oh, now. yeah. And um, like there's one called uh, Fortnite or something like that. That mm-hmm. just came out. And, um, you know. That, that's cooperative, though. That's not a... Uh, Oh, it's not a no. That's not that's not no. That's not a deathmatch situation. Oh, okay. All right. Anyway, but yeah, that'll be the next big thing. And then a couple a uh, couple release date announcements: Resident Evil Revelations One and Two uh, are both going to find their way to the Nintendo Switch sometime in 2017. Uh, see, and that's what we talked about last week. Capcom was like, "Oh, we're going to make more games for the Switch." I'm like, "No, you're going to remake more games for the Switch." Is what you're going to do. <laughs> Less than a week later, here we go. Yeah. And, uh, the Horizon Zero Dawn expansion, the Frozen Wilds, is coming out November seventh for PS4. You ever finished that? No, I'm, I'm like I have like three chapters left in the main story too. Like I'm right there, mm. and I just can't get the the gumption to to just do it. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't finish it. I I want to finish it, but um, I went and bought Persona, and that is really. Uh, I'm really invested in that. It's hard, man, and I knew I knew what would happen because I, I even said it on the show. Like when Mass Effect came out, I was gonna put Horizon down. Like like if I was if I was a strong will and discipline, I would have waited until I finished Horizon before picking Mass Effect because I knew once I put it down, it was gonna be nearly impossible to pick back up, and that's exactly yeah. what's happened. Yeah. So anyway. we'll see. Uh, so that's it for new releases. Let me pass it over to myself. Four headlines real quick. <laughs> um, the first one is a sad story. This is actually uh, this this broke right after um, we recorded last week. So the the lead designer uh, for Anthem and longtime Bioware employee Corey Gasper uh, tragically passed away last Monday night. Suddenly, um, no, no cause of death was given. Um, basically, everyone found out about it through a few industry folks like Jeff Keighley and, and some other guys who tweeted about it. Um, because they found out pretty quickly. Uh, it's just sad news. He he'd been with Bioware since 2007. Um, he'd worked on Mass Effects two and three, Dragon Age Origins. He also consulted on Battlefront, uh, Mass Effect Andromeda, and he got finally promoted to lead designer for Anthem. Um, and and then unfortunately passed away all of a sudden. So condolences to to Corey Gasper's family and to uh, everyone at Bioware affected by this it's very sad man i mean i don't you know i don't know what else to say yep so next up so something that i'm actually kind of surprised just happened is that uh the wnba is finally going to be in a video game and i use the term finally very loosely because i don't really know who is requesting this but the wnba is coming to nba live 18 this year we uh we briefly spoke on this uh on one of the many instances when Terrence was not paying attention to the show that he's on on the Nerd Apocalypse and um he started laughing and uh we got into a we got into a discussion and 
Jay hates female athletes and, and, um, and I think this is, is, uh, very good for the WNBA. I think it's incredible for the WNBA and I'm not like trying to, you know, white knight this or some shit, right? Like the WNBA needs exposure. Like they do, they need as much exposure as they possibly can. And being put in a video game, especially like being put in live while it is not the same as having your own standalone video game. It is exposure that they need. It's they need exposure so that they don't have to wear jerseys with advertisements on them. Oh, that's coming to the pros as well, my friend. Really? Oh, yeah. That's that's just a situation of there's money to be made. So oh, they're going to make that money. God damn it. Now, for the WNBA, it is a case of, ne- of necessity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, come on. <laughs> no, but I mean, other sports leagues, like just on that front, not to get off too big of a tangent there, other sports leagues are looking at the fact that pro soccer has basically been doing this for the last 20 years and it has affected them in no negative way, shape or form. So other sports are like, Oh, we could probably do this too. If oh, we want to God damn it. So uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's just their space to advertise buddy. That's all that is. But yeah. So while you can be optimistic, um, I can be both happy for fans of the WNBA fan. I, I will. I've resisted the urge to, <laughs> to make that joke um but also extremely cynical because if 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 anything this is a very intelligent move on the part of ea to give them access to a fan base no matter how big or small that fan base may be that 2k does not have so so if you and, and in all seriousness so like if you are a young girl who watches the WNBA and wants to see those stars represented in a video game, you're probably going to buy NBA Live 18. Yeah. Because this is the first opportunity that you've had to do that. Yep. And that's that's a good thing for them. Um, it's a good thing for EA. And look, EA has already done this, right? Like they they put female soccer players in FIFA, starting with FIFA 16. Mm-hmm. Now, the problem is, though, and the reason why I can be cynical is because much like in FIFA 16 and FIFA 17, all the WNBA players and teams are only going to be available in offline play now and online play now modes. So they're not like, you can't like do like league, you know, GM or whatever. It's no called seasons, online. no franchises, no career modes, no nothing, nothing like that. Just one off, one off games with the WNBA hmm. rosters. I mean, it sucks, but you got to, at this point, I figure you got to get in where you can right now. And and I agree. Like I said, if, if there's one thing that live needs, it is a reason to buy it over 2K. Right. And for this group of people that does value having the WNBA at a basketball game, then, I mean, that that is the reason. Like, that's, that's, that's going to be a compelling reason for a lot of folks out there to do this. And, and to, to EA's credit, um, they're not – like, they are half-assing it, but the half, the, the half of the work they are doing – is serious like they will have every team in the game they will have the up-to-date rosters they did bring some of the WNBA players in to like facially scan them and actually have them in the game so it's the same kind of thing that they did with FIFA um so that's a good thing however I'm not um I'm not optimistic that they're it's going to go much farther beyond this so like in FIFA 17 
the the female soccer players had the same game modes in as they did in FIFA 16, where it was just you know one off matches and a tournament. And that's it. I'm, I'd be very curious to see uh, sales statistics for 15, 16, 17, and 18 mm. to see how having them in, if it had any impact at all, to well, see what the impact was. FIFA's probably not the game to do that with because their impact for FIFA, like FIFA's already the highest selling console game every year, pretty much. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Like everybody's going to buy it anyway, so there's no there's no they're not the underdog right like right there's no there's no measurable impact what what you'll what you should look at in the case of this example is how many how does 2k sales compare year over year to last year and how many just just how many copies does live sell because live hasn't been in the game for two years so it's kind of hard to look at a year by year comparison for them right right so but like i said it's it's not it's not a bad thing um you know making any video game more inclusive um is always a plus because that just opens it up to more people and look if they want realism as long as they can put a washington mystics attendance champions banner in the game then i will be happy (laughs) that's what i'm going to (laughs) require oh goodness gracious i here's a here's a question right the WNBA has has um the sponsorships on their jerseys they have the sponsorships on their jerseys in game also. Like like does Verizon get a cut of that? I don't think so because it's no different than well I guess it's no different than them having Sprite on the on the uh somewhere, you know. Well no, that's that's different. So like if you have so like Sprite for example is product placed in 2K, right? So it's they are getting or, or actually, it's actually Sprite probably paying for the privilege of being in 2K for that matter. Mm-hmm. Um, with this one, it's just, it's just, I guess, I, I, it's a good question. Actually, I don't really know how the how the concept of sponsorship in video games, where the sponsorship is something that exists in real life, in real life. So, like, like the NASCAR games, for example, yeah. would probably be the, the best, uh, the best example. To yeah, go I'm with. curious as to how that works, right? Because, I mean. Verizon's not going to pay for the privilege to be on the WNBA jersey of a live avatar, right? Mm-hmm. Like they don't they don't give a damn. But um it's like so is EA doing it for authenticity? Well, they're they're definitely doing it for authenticity. That's that's for certain. Um I don't know, the the only thing I can imagine is when you're getting the WNBA license, like all of that uniform sponsorships, all that sort of thing just kind of maybe falls under that umbrella perhaps yeah. like maybe like maybe when Verizon signs the agreement with the WNBA that hey we're going to be on you know whatever team's jersey they're saying hey you're also consenting to having your logo advertised in you know stuff with our partners as well okay and i'm All sure right. Verizon doesn't care it's extra exposure yeah. for them too yeah, so. Verizon doesn't care uh, whatever i was just i was just curious as to who that benefits right cuz you know, if, if Verizon is getting a piece of that, you know what I mean? Well, if you're, I mean, if you're a nerd like me, like it's, you want, you want that stuff. It's as silly as it sounds. You want that stuff on the shirts because you want oh, it to I be as real it. as possible. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a simulation, man. I, should, I, FIFA's the same way because in FIFA, you have all of the sponsorships on the, on the kits as well. 
Yeah, yeah. I know soccer fans would be pissed if that Qualcomm logo wasn't on the jerseys. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm so glad that my that my club doesn't have a ridiculous logo. <laughs> I would I would hate it if it was something that just that just stuck out like a sore thumb. <laughs> it looks like the jerseys are like colored to match the logo of the so, well sometimes they are or or no actually sometimes the logo is colored to match the jersey more so uh, i would i would hope that the logo would conform to the jersey and not the jersey conform to the logo there's some so, so there there's a german team that i that i sort of ha- passively follow um and you're don't even try to pronounce this name micah because you will not be able to do it the the name of the club is borussia Mönchengladbach. all right never mind Right, <laughs> I was gonna try to type it, but, <laughs> but their their colors are um are like green and black and white basically. But their sponsor is this German bank called Postabank, who has a big, bright yellow and black logo that just you slap it on their jersey, and it just it it looks so completely out of place. <laughs> Here, I'll try to find it real quick, um, because I I need you to see it because it's ridiculous. But yeah, like like that's I, I like it when. Sponsors allow their logos to be twisted, um, or to be to be changed based on the team. Like yeah. like Tottenham's, um, you know, a company sponsorship does that. But uh, yeah, let me just I'm gonna I'm gonna send this over to you in Facebook message real quick. And for those of you at home that are daring, um, feel free to Google Borussia Mönchengladbach jersey. And uh, ooh, <laughs> right, like it doesn't belong. <laughs> It does not belong. It does not belong, and that's a that's a pretty fly jersey, man. But then you got that big you got that big sticky note in the front of it. You know I mean? <laughs> it does look like a post-it <laughs> note. It's terrible. So yeah, there's some very bad examples of that. Um, but yeah, let's look forward to uh, sponsorships coming to an NBA jersey near you within the next couple of years. Apparently, all right then. So, um, also coming to you, and sometime in. I guess 2018 is going to be Dragon Quest Builders 2. Uh, this is the sequel to the Dragon Quest meets Minecraft mashup that Square put out last year uh, to apparently good enough success for a sequel. Uh, it's going to be coming out on PS4 and Nintendo Switch. Hmm. Neither of us are really interested in this at all, I would think. No. Okay. That's what I thought. So that's fine. That's that's all we need to say about that. Um so, Micah, if if there's any story that reaffirms your previous beliefs in a specific uh, website, this story is it for this week. Because Unsung Story, the uh, famed tactics RPG that was Kickstarter funded and then immediately within a couple of years sent into development stall, is now getting a brand new publisher. Or not, sorry, not publisher, brand new developer. <laughs> because the original developer and publisher play deck is no longer involved with the game at all. <laughs> at so, this they, point. so they basically begged for money, got, got the, the money, money. Yeah. And then skipped town. Not, not really. Like it's just the development ended up being way more expensive than they thought it would be. Like they, they low guessed how much they would need to make this game. <laughs> Cause it's not like play deck is some, Johnny come lately mobile developer like play deck is a pretty notable developer in the mobile space for games. The, um, how does this work? Like those people, do they get their money back? No, 
Yo, it's just, it's it's it is, it is crowdfunded venture capitalism. You are you are you are giving money to put your faith in a project and hoping that that project delivers on what they promise. Yeah, but in venture capitalism, like yeah, there's a risk, but there's also a reward of profit. Not just you get the product, right? Like like if I'm a venture capitalist, I'm investing in something in hopes for a significant return on my investment and possibly profit. Yeah, you you invest in something like this, you get a return. So you are supposed to get a return in the form of the product that you invested in, but there's no profit. So if it fails, which quite frankly, it probably will, you're just out. Like I just I do not understand. Well, it. the the profit comes in that the uh, or at least allegedly this game would not be made if not for the backing of the people that want it essentially. But that's not profit. It's not a profit, but it is, it is a means it to an end. Right. Yeah. Right. I, mm, nah, man, I can't, I can't give you something in the hopes that you're going to give it back to me. Or give, <laughs> give it, you know, uh, I, like, could you imagine if we still had the barter system and, and, we tried to do shit like that. Hey, I'm going to give you this. Uh, give me that banana and I'll make you a banana milkshake maybe one day, hopefully. But I don't know because I don't know if I'll have enough bananas to make you a banana milkshake. So just give it to me. No, no, it is. I, I find it. I find it fascinating. The juxtaposition between video game Kickstarter and board game Kickstarter. Board game Kickstarter is arguably the most re- one of the most reliable avenues of Kickstarter backing that there is, and, th- and that's not to say that there hasn't been some projects that have gone tits up and 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 fucked off with some money, right? But for the most part, like the vast majority of them, at least deliver you the end product by the end of it. And I guess part of that is to do with the fact that with board games, like you can have a prototype and you can have a pretty fully formed concept before asking for the money. Yeah. Whereas with video games, it's hey, we we've got a plan, right? <laughs> we want to do this. Let's, <laughs> and it's all dependent upon how much money we get. Like, and and because we haven't bought the technology, right? Like we like everything is a theory. Nah, man. Nah. You you do a board game. You got a piece of paper. You can draw a little board on it, and you can say, oh hey, here's the Monopoly man. Here's the here's the car here's the thimble you know what i mean i i don't know support support board game kickstarters all you want don't support any video game kickstarters because no, it's it's like it's, it's, it's not looking good for this so of course this is from a uh, little orbit the little orbit's the company the developer that's now developing it um this is from their ceo matthew scott quote we have spent hours going through the kickstarter comments and researching all the project materials and i feel backers have made one thing clear we need to focus on the original single player game and matsuno's design that was promoted during the campaign and and that is exactly what we're going to do at this point our primary goal is to separate the years of modifications and changes that were made while playdick attempted to deliver something to their backers so and i think what um i think what this kickstarter project was was it was a project where they're like all right we're going to set a funding goal because we want to make sure we get our money but we're probably going to get way more than this and that that'll be what we actually need and and you see that again with board games sometimes too is they'll set a specific funding goal but in reality they actually want to make 
a a amount beyond that that they have in their minds and they think that you know by offering stretch goals and incentives and stuff like that that they'll get there and the problem is with this project is that it just made it over the funding goal that was set yeah see that's why you can't like i understand that concept i think it's a dumb concept but you're lowballing to try and convince people like hey i just need you to give a little more and then we can make it no nah, man like be straight up like uh, just just be honest because when you lowball it like that it makes people think like you're che- it makes people feel you're cheap first comment i see we need an accounting of what you developed for the game why is it that orbit has very little assets in which to work from and they say they're going to have to start the game from scratch it sounds like you took investors money and spent it on things it wasn't meant for like hookers and drugs and blow <laughs> uh, for those some and, of that might not be true. For those of you uh, wondering, say, hey, Little Orbit, what have they done in the past? Well, fortunately for you, backers of Unsung Story, uh, Little Orbit is a video game development juggernaut known for other tactical games, such as Adventure Time, the Barbie line of games, and the Monster High series of games. So I have to imagine that your Japanese tactical role-playing game couldn't be in better hands right now uh you know what um i mean i guess it's sad but uh you know you 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 you'd be hard-pressed to find sympathy from me no i mean and like i said when you back something on kickstarter this is what you are taking into your hands yep you, you as long as as long as people know that they're throwing their money into the ether and maybe and you know they're not getting it back if you if you can if you're okay with that then by all means keep you know keep keep donating you and, should, and look you probably throw some of that money in our direction because we're giving you stuff like product stuff to listen to but um yeah keep doing and look the best comment that i've seen on this article here if nothing else i think kickstarter has exposed us to the harsh realities of game development yep yeah because <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a lot of game projects that this shit happens to that nobody hears about just because their money's not on the line yep so yeah. there you go i remember my friends uh people well, people i used to hang out with you know after a, a session of them getting high they were like yo we should make a game and i'm like do you know how to make a game it's like, no, nah, but I know how to program. Like, well, that's one aspect. Great. That's one out of like 10 aspects right. that you need to do well. <laughs> <laughs> and, right. And you and and there you go. You need to do it well. So I I don't know, but it's um like you 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 hear about uh you hear about some of these people who, you know, they start their they start their um they start their game company in their garage and now they're making Spider-Man for PS4. You know what I mean? And you're like, wow, I want to do that. But you got to remember just like any other famous person, like there's a lot of luck, a lot of skill and a lot of luck that, that went into that. And I, you know, you gotta, you gotta go in with a dream, right? Like this, like this podcasting thing, right? Everybody in their mama's got a podcast, right? We think we're the best. But there's no guarantee that this is going to take off. As much money has has been invested into this, it's 
I mean, I, I get, I get that it's a labor of love, but I, I don't, I don't know. I'm rambling. Moving on. <laughs> It does take a lot of luck. That's that's for damn certain. Yeah, it's for damn certain. And like I said, we're speaking from people who have done this from grassroots, so we know. Yeah, we know. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna end headlines with a, I guess, a heartwarming story. We'll we'll see how how cynical Micah can uh can deal with this. So NBC Sports Network um had a Rocket League tournament over the weekend that they hosted and televised. Now, there was some controversy. Um, this was a 2v2 tournament, whereas many of the pro players for Rocket League usually play three versus three. Apparently, it's very different. I, I have no doubt that that's actually the case. Um, but there was one player uh, named Josh Russo who was supposed to play in this tournament, and his teammate couldn't make it down to the event. But his dad, who was there cheering him on at the tournament, volunteered to be his partner in this 2v2 match. Russo's dad or the partner's dad? Russo's dad. Oh, wow. His dad. And uh, he had never played Rocket League before. <laughs> so here's so here's dad cutting his teeth um, in a professional Rocket League tournament among the best Rocket League players in the uh, world. I mean, look. Uh, look, I'm not made of stone, yo. <laughs> I'm not made of stone. Like, that's... That's what that's what a dad is supposed to do, man. And and guess what? He uh he he scored a goal. Dad did. Oh shit! Yes, <laughs> in, in, the, in the most dad way possible because he accidentally backed up into the ball as, as it was talking about like, the goal out. Look, it's a fun story, and obviously, like as you'd expect, the commentators and everyone at the event was like pulling for this team just because yeah, it was, it was a great story. Of course, they lost, but you know they still had a great time, and and they uh. And the 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 kid, the kid uh, John Russo was uh, was thought thought it was awesome, and he really appreciates dad. Oh man, I for, look, uh, for helping him. Look, that's that's awesome. That's awesome. Like they, <laughs> you could tell it was like spur of the moment because you know the little title card that the producers put up. They didn't have the guy's name at the time, so they just put dad. <laughs> <laughs> So there, uh, we the, the we link to the uh, to the article in here. Um, watch some of the videos; they're really they're really good. Like so especially the one where Dad actually scores. It's 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 fun. Like I said, we're we're not we're like we're we're cynical folks here, but we uh we're not like Micah said. We don't have hearts made of stone. Yeah, man, we're not we're not bastards, man. Like this is <laughs> this this that's cool, man. That's and look, cool. this and this and this is the kind of stuff that uh, like this is the stories I like to see out of gaming. Yeah, man. My my dad would never do anything like this. <laughs> never, ever, ever. I mean, God, he won't even listen to a podcast that I'm doing. Like, I can't imagine him coming in and helping me out with something. Uh, nah. Not unless it's got to do with, like, shingling the roof or some shit like that. <laughs> His roof, not mine. Like, oh, all right. Thanks. Appreciate <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I remember talking to your dad. He's, he seems very interested in uh, making sure that we're interacting with our fans. Yeah. That's <laughs> why I remember that story. Uh, not fans, customers. Oh, customers. That's yeah, right. Yeah, well, you, you know. A lot of customers. Well, we don't really call them customers. Like, we like to think of them as fans, maybe even friends of the show. But but, but they're paying, right? Because they're customers. Like, all right. Yeah, that that's it. That's it. God damn it. Speaking of uh, speaking of being a good customer, 
make sure whenever you buy anything from Amazon.com, you go to densepixels.com slash Amazon. Whenever you buy any items, big or small, the reason is that you're going to pay the same low Amazon prices, no matter what you buy. But a small percentage of that sale goes towards the Dense Pixels podcast. It helps us pay for our overhead costs like hosting and, and equipment and things like that. We certainly appreciate every one of you who has uh, used our Amazon link to buy something and those of you that continue to do on a consistent basis. Um, but yeah, again, densepixels.com slash Amazon. Whenever you're buying anything from Amazon.com, we really appreciate it. And it's free for you. It doesn't cost you anything extra. Um, if you're a uh, Trump fan, I don't know why you're listening to this, but um, you might want to skip ahead a couple minutes. Um, reps from EA and Take-Two say that Trump's policies are hurting the U.S. game industry. So during a panel at the 2017 Games for Change Festival, representatives for Electronic Arts and Take-Two Interactive discussed the Trump administration as it relates to their company's interest. Focusing on their focusing their complaints on three significant issues across the domestic and foreign policy: one, immigration; two, education; and three, trade. They argued that the White House isn't doing what is best for the U.S. video game industry. So, um, uh, immigration. Basically, uh, there's a lot of moving parts here. Um, Trump backed a bill that would essentially cut legal immigration in half. And some supporters are like, well, it's because we want people to come in who can bring a certain amount of skills to the country, right? We don't want just anybody coming in. You got to come in and you got to contribute, right? Um, this article goes on to say that that could turn out to be a boon for the video game industry, which focuses on employees with technical skills and advanced degrees. But Trump signed Trump also signed an executive order in April that initiated the review of the H-1B visa program, which allows companies to bring skilled foreign workers into the U.S. for a few years. Basically, you know, we can get all those geniuses over there from Asia to come in and help us make really good video games. If we are, you know, EA or somebody, um, H1B visas are limited to specialized fields like science and technology, including game development and the government grants over 100,000 of them a year. But the Trump administration's review signals an intent to overhaul the program in name of protecting American workers, right? We don't want those foreigners to come in and take our jobs. And it could restrict those visas coming in. Um, so here, so I guess we'll tackle these one issue at a time. Yeah. So the problem with this, and this is certainly not a feel a situation that's unique to video games. Anytime that you want to tighten up any immigration policies, you're going to get kind of a, not a brain drain, but like a, a brain block, basically. And the reason that that doesn't work is because you have a lot of other countries like, I don't know, Canada, other countries in Europe that are just like, hey, we'll take you right over here. That's uh, exactly like they're 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 wooing you to come over. Right. And when you have and, and so here's a couple of game studios just off the top of my head. Bioware. Uh, Ubisoft. 
CD Projekt Red, um, Guerrilla Games. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah like, and, and that's just like, that's without even thinking about it. notable game development studios that are, that are headquartered in not America. Yep. Basically. And so if you are limiting the number of folks that are able to come in, work for these studios and, and, you know, drive their innovation forward, the product, the end product is going to suffer. Like, you know, studios like, Oh, I'm sorry. Rockstar for Christ's sakes. <laughs> lest, lest I forget. They made their living parodying American culture. Right, not not a not a US studio though. Right. And that's what I'm saying. Like, like they are a foreign studio making fun of, poking fun at Americans. And now, like, like, yeah, because nobody wants to play uh Mass Effect or or Assassin's Creed or The Witcher or Grand Theft Auto. No one's ever heard of those games, right? You wouldn't want to work for those companies, right? Exactly. Shut up, man. <laughs> and that's and that's the thing though is that is is if you want if you really want American businesses to prosper, you want them to have access to the best and brightest people that they can have access to, and that's not you're not only going to find those people inside the United States, right? And likewise, there's a lot of people from the U.S. that are going to these other game studios because they want to work with the the best and brightest team. So you have this like cyclical relationship that's just taking the businesses inside of your country and just kind of dragging them down a little bit by restricting, you know, the talent that they have access to. Um, the article goes on to say, I, 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 I don't have the, uh, uh, names of the, Oh yes, I do. The rep from, uh, electronic arts name is Craig Hagen. And the rep from take two is Alan Lewis. Uh, Alan Lewis said that, you know, this immigration thing is a problem on uh, two accounts. One, immigrants don't want to come here because we're run by a lunatic, bigot, xenophobic despot. And two, the immigrants that are here either can't stay or don't want to stay. So I just, you know, the whole America first thing, like the whole like inclusiveness just didn't I, I just I don't understand it. I, I don't understand it. Like it's not what the country was built on. Well it, it's it's this misguided it's and it, again this this transcends video games. It's this misguided tunnel vision that you think of things on the most basic level possible is that oh if we stop people from coming into the country then there will be more jobs for unemployed Americans to be able to take advantage of in a lot of cases, those are jobs that unemployed Americans are willing or able to do though. Right. And all you're doing is usually hurting people at the high end of the scale more often than not, as far as getting top talent and stuff like that in there. So it's like, and again, it's, it's, it's looking for a binary solution to a problem. That's anything, but essentially. Next up, education. STEM education is vital in developing the kinds of skills that game developers need. Hagen lamented that the Trump administration's position on education, that it's best left to the states, and that the Federal Department of Education doesn't have a widespread policy program for STEM fields. STEM stands for Science, Technology, Education, and Math. 
It is something that everyone should be interested in, at least at some point, or not even interested. You should at least be introduced to it, like strongly, because while it's cool to dribble a ball and throw a football and kick a soccer ball, like we need people to try and find a cure for cancer. Well, and also technology fields are, <laughs> you know, one of the few fields that's growing right. on a year over year basis. Like you're, you're, you're always going to need more people to know how to, you know, operate systems and code and program and, and do all this other stuff. And like, I'll, I'll never understand. Like, I do understand why Republicans like cutting education budgets. I don't, but I'll, I'll never, <laughs> oh, you don't No, it's, I, it's, I mean, again, this is me being super cynical, but when you can keep, and where, what are the states that usually get hit the hardest when stuff like this happens? Oh, the stupid ones. Like, right. you, you got to keep the stupid people stupid. Right. right. And, 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 and what color do those states usually turn out for? In, <laughs> yeah. In, in, in presidential election, in, well, actually in all elections, really, for that matter. Yeah. So. Uh, I got gotcha. you. Like I said, it might be cynical, but <laughs> I mean, I mean, correlation sometimes is causation. You know what God I mean? Damn. So uh, Trump announced last week that he was going to donate his second quarter salary of a hundred thousand dollars to the Department of Education, which will use the funds to hold STEM-focused science camps for students. However, his administration proposed uh, his administration's proposed 2018 budget, which you know, to be fair, probably won't get past uh, Congress, calls for spending cuts of (coughs) 9.2 billion dollars or 13.5 percent across K through 12 schools and higher education. I I, I mean, it it hurts my heart, man. Like it it makes me weep, man. I know. Um, I just, well, I mean, we, we, you know, we got to We got to teach kids to, you know, continue to take up the practice of hitting rocks with a pickaxe so that you can use outdated fuel for, you know, to, to eat your eat your homes. God damn it. Uh, lastly, the games, the game industry is moving towards digital distribution and away from shipping retail games. Digital games, pro- com- <laughs> digital games comprise a majority of total sales for both Take-Two, 55%, and EA for 61% during their respective 2017 fiscal years, which both ended in March. But that shift is hindered by the sorry state of broadband penetration in the United States. Um, the new chairman of the FCC... Uh, under Trump favors deregulating the massive corporations that provide internet access to Americans instead of having the government level the playing field. This jackass believes it can spur private investment in broadband infrastructure by appeasing appeasing companies such as AT&T, AT&T, Comcast, and Verizon. Um, Again, this goes back to... um, whether or not we need to consider the internet as a resource, a la, you know, or you, you mean it, you mean a utility? Yes, yeah, so a utility. I'm sorry, yeah. uh, like electricity and water and things like that. Um, I mean, uh, it, it's a no brainer, right? Like, I like this is why I don't like talking about this shit because it doesn't, it it doesn't compute with me. Like it. it 
it's like dividing by zero, man. And I mean, again, if for, you want to, those of you, for those of you who are stupid, you can't do that. <laughs> it's again, it's, it's, I find it very hard to believe that it's a coincidence that the countries that have the best high speed internet that ha that have the most people that have access to it also tend to be the smartest countries in the world. Right. Like it's an, wanna, it's an information age. You want to put America first. You need to, you need to have access to information in the flyover States. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I hate to, I hate to use that term because you know, uh, but it, 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 that term, you know, makes it feel like those states aren't worthy. Well, and it's not even, it's not even about the access as much. Also, that's, that's part of the equation. The other part of the equation is the affordability of it as well. I mean, it's, right. you, it's, I find it a little ridiculous that I think that I'm getting a really good deal when I'm paying $80 a month for 150 megabits of high speed internet mm. like that's and 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 i'm i'm fortunate that i'm able to comfortably afford that bill where i'm paying you know what does that add up to over the course of the year my my brain is is farting right it's it's it's, it's like five five fifty or thereabouts yeah. over the course of an entire year like that's that is not an insignificant amount of money um and there's some people that even if they had access to that or there's some people that do have access to that that just can't afford that and that's that's part of the problem as well. And look, like if and we talk about all the time how you know physical game sales aren't dying as quick as everyone thinks that they are, and this is a big reason for that. But it's also gonna it it also stunts the ability for these companies that rely on this digital distribution to be able to grow that at the rate that they want to sometimes. Yeah. And look, this this was a president that campaigned on. Wanting to, you know, <laughs> redevelop a huge infrastructure plan. And, you know, for him, that means fix your roads and your bridges and stuff like that. But, of course, right. he wants to privatize all that. It's not, you know, not, not the public's not going to pay for all that if right. the Republicans have their say. But, uh, you know, so far he hasn't made too many uh, advances towards moving that plan forward. Let's I don't, don't want to live in a world where we are run by the Shinra Corporation. <laughs> You know what I mean? And look, again, this is this is these specific policies that we out uh, you know address today are the byproduct of an administration who doesn't understand how the federal government works and they're trying to govern by campaign slogan. And you find out that once you get to the big chair and once you have to start making decisions, you can't just say, oh, do it, jump, because I said jump. Like, no, that's not that's not how the government works. And, like, we just saw that with, you know, the the big fight, you know, the multi-month fight to try to, you know, repeal the Affordable Care Act, which met with failure. And you're going to see it again when, you know, they try when we try to tackle tax reform. You're going to be in the same boat. Just because you want it to be a certain way doesn't mean that it can be that way. And if anything, like this administration so far has reaffirmed my appreciation for the checks and balances that are built in to our yeah, government. Man. Yeah, man. Like those dudes back then, while they were bastards and slave owners and, you know, all around assholes, like they, they, they came up with a system to prevent 
what this administration is trying to happen, to have happen. You know what I mean? Like, there's a reason why they're, why the president is only one third of government. So his will is not law. Right. Because you never know. Someone might have a bad, if someone might have a bad day and, and, you know, want to bomb a country because they made fun of them or some shit. And look, like, like we, you know, we joke about fucking Trump all the time because he's an easy target, but we don't talk politics often in the show because that's not what the show is all about. But we do occasionally in matters like this, just to remind everyone that the stuff that it affects everything, whether you think it affects it or not. Yeah. And like you keep, if you keep going on this path where you want to introduce policies that are xenophobic and look like this, the immigration law that was proposed that Trump supported last week, it's, it's never, it wouldn't, it will never even make it past the committee stage probably in Congress. Like, like not, nothing like that would ever, 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 ever be signed into law. I can promise you, but just the fact, but, but just having the president up there doing that matters because that's what the rest of the world sees. Right. <laughs> Like that, that's what, that's why it's a big deal. Even, even though the law, like people will say all the time, Oh, that law is never gonna pass. Yeah, I get it. But when the president says it, it's American policy. When the president tweets it, it's American policy, whether you think it should be or not, that's what it is. Right. That's what (laughs) he's, he's the face of America. God damn. Well, no false. Kevin Owens (laughs) is the face of America. You know, you know what? Let's move on. (laughs) Let's move on on that happy note. Question of the week. Uh, Since it's a slow news week, uh, what do you people want us to talk about? Uh, Malcolm says, talk about the WNBA being in live and that Jay would get dunked on by all of them. Jay would get dunked on by all of them, actually. That's 100% true. Yes, he would get dunked on them. I think Jay said that the point of basketball, the only reason people watch basketball is to watch a dude dunk on another dude and put his balls on their head. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah, every single one of those ladies would dunk on Jay and put their uh, fallopian tubes on his head. <laughs> I don't know. That's when, all, when, all those, when all those white guys were in gymnasiums in the early 1900s with peach, peach baskets hung on the wall, all <laughs> they wanted to do was put balls in their face. <laughs> um, Henry says, Fire Pro World, uh, have any of you played it yet? Also, what are your picks for SummerSlam and or the G1 Climax? Um, I am waiting for Fire Pro World to come on PS4. As am I. Um, I thought I really thought about getting it on Steam, but I was like, "Well, uh, let me just wait." Um, picks for SummerSlam. Um, I'm not ready to disclose that information yet. When is SummerSlam? Goddamn, it's um, I think it's in two weeks. In ooh, I might not be here. Uh oh. Um. Anyway, we'll check. We'll check later. Um. G1 Climax. I'm assuming this is some sort of indie. It's uh, It's New Japan. New Japan. Where can I watch New Japan? I think I think you can get it directly from them online. Like I'm sure you, I think you'd pay for it, but uh, I think you can stream their events. Okay, because G1 Climax sounds like well, you know what it sounds like. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think the reason why people are interested right now in that is because Kenny Omega is a guy who uh, 
It's getting a lot of play right now. Yes. So I've heard that name before. Uh, Ricky says, Game of Thrones Season 7. What have you liked and disliked from the season? I know it's not game-related, but damn, things are on fire. Literally. Um, I haven't watched the... I'm going at, right after this taping. Oh, you haven't seen episode four yet? No. So oh, directly man. after this taping. And I've been trying my best to dodge as much as I possibly can. But um, I kind of get a feeling about what's going to happen. But um, episode three uh, with Grandma Tyrell. I mean, that might have been the most gangster shit I've ever seen an old lady do ever. They So th- this season's had a lot of really cool moments set around a lot of really slow plot advancement mm-hmm. so far. I think that's that's been the biggest theme from the season so far is they have a lot of stuff that they have to... There's there's a lot of dialogue scenes that have to play out between characters that haven't either haven't met before or haven't interacted in a long time. So that there needs to be a lot of exposition and 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 plot advancement done that way. But around all that stuff, there's some really interesting moments, like the the ship ravaging in what was that episode two? Oh Jesus Christ! I'm pretty sure. Um, like you said, Lady Lady Oleana getting getting the last laugh. On the uh, on the Lannisters is pretty cool, so there's been some there's been some good stuff. Um, it's just been fewer and far between. And this episode was actually an interesting juxtaposition of that, where you had half the episode, which was a lot of what we'd been talking about, and then the other half of the episode, which was really exciting and and very fun to watch. So excellent! I can't wait to see it. This season is. Um, did you read any of the books? Nope, not a one. Um, I don't know if like, I know this season is the f- first season where they're kind of free balling it. Right. Like, I think actually, I think last season was the first season that they were on their own. Oh, okay. All right. Um, I mean, I can't tell the difference, but, um, it's, it's, it's got enough there that it is that I'm not like bored by it. Oh no, it has it hasn't been boring, but some people some people have found the season terribly unexciting so far. And I, I get why that is. I, I do get why that is. Mm-hmm. Because because actually so far up to this point, most of the stuff that has been action oriented really hasn't been on screen. Like when the when the um when the unsullied took over um Casterly Rock. Like yeah. you saw, you saw bits and pieces of that battle, but it was it wasn't much. And then the battle at uh, at High Garden, you didn't you didn't see any of it. You saw the aftermath. That's it. Yeah. So, so I just need I just need Cersei, I just need Cersei to keep being Cersei. Like she's like, like the head bitch on the Real Housewives of Westeros. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like she's the one that like is like, oh, you're such a fucking bitch. I can't wait to see what you do next week. You know what I mean? Um, but I'm enjoying it. Uh, Amir says, is there a comfort food game that you can go back to anytime if it's uh, slow for gaming, i.e. me buying a PS3 to play Metal, the Metal Gear series again? Uh, he really did that. I know. I've never reposted uh, <laughs> a group about it. Um, I'll usually, like, if I need to veg out, I'll play, um, I'll play, uh, like a fighting game or something because i'm not um you know i just 
they're very basic for me if mm-hmm. I'm in a, like a veg out mode, or I'll um, or I'll play like a I'll play like a puzzle game or something like that. Interestingly enough, for me, there's there's not one there's not one game like like it's like a rotating thing. So like right now for me, that game is Diablo three. For a while, it was Hearthstone. Um, I guess the only games that over time I've been able to reliably go back to have oddly enough been SNES sports titles. What? So like NBA, yeah, it's a, the most random NBA jam TE um, Tecmo super bowl. Um, those are games that I can pick up and play whenever. Huh. And, and I'll just get, I'll just get the inclination to do every now and then. Huh? All right. Um, Eric says, if you had to make a three-person all-star b-ball team, including yourself, which video game characters would you choose? I'm going to add the caveat that it cannot be a sports uh, athlete. Oh, man. God <laughs> damn it. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> yeah, you can't be like, oh, I'm going to pick uh, Kobe Bryant and LeBron James. No. no. <laughs> you can't do that, man. Get the fuck out of here. One for me, one Sagat. Oh, wait, we're good. Okay, yeah, you go ahead and give yours real quick. <laughs> one Sagat, and um, man, who's got handles? Who's who's got handles? Because you know you gotta have a big man. Um, and I need a point guard. I need like a little dude that's got like handles. Um, I don't know. For some strange reason, for some strange reason. I feel like Falco Lombardi can ball. I don't know if that's correct. <laughs> I don't. I don't um, know. I, I don't know why either. It just li- the first name that came to my head. Listen, listen to what I'm going to do to you. I don't like your rule that you made, so I'm going <laughs> to say fuck your rule and find a loophole around that rule because my two characters are Shaquille O'Neal from Shaq Fu and Michael Jordan from Chaos on the Windy City. Oh, Suck it, Michael. <laughs> Suck it. <laughs> Not sports video games. God damn it. <laughs> and it counts too. Holes. <laughs> Christ. Um, Carl says, have you guys heard of the Universal Fighting System card game? If not, it's basically if Street Fighter, Super Smash Brothers, and Magic the Gather- Gathering had a no-holds-barred uh, threesome while Mega Man f- God damn. While Mega Man filmed. Uh, what are your thoughts on it or games like it where video games are turned into tabletop games? I think you are the perfect person. And, to- and yes, I, I have heard of the UCG system um, that Carl's referring to. If, if I, if so, this is where I have to put on my tabletop game snob hat mm-hmm. here because there are way better fighting card games out there than that system, which has to be very generic so that it can accommodate the multitude of licenses mm. that it has. So, so if is you, it, is it like a, is it like a Mugen for card games? Sort of. Um, it, 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 so the way that UGC works is that there exists a framework within like of, of rules and how the mechanics work in the game. But because but within that framework, you can make new characters and, and put licenses in the game and you can make them work within within that structure essentially if that makes sense um carl if you want some fighting car some fighting card games that are a little bit better um 
in my opinion, at least I would recommend, but they won't have as much expandable content, but there's still a lot to keep you busy. Uh, a couple recommendations, Yomi, um, which Micah can also attest to as yeah, being I like that game, man. Uh, also, the BattleCon series, specifically uh, Devastation of Indines, is also an excellent uh, tabletop fighting card game as well that I'd recommend. Excellent. Uh, our buddy Justin says, "Can we talk and can we talk about and theorize why games like Crash Remake and Shovel Knight were praised, yet Ukulele was met with negative reviews, despite all three being faithful to their source material slash source time?" Um, was the I'm assuming this is the Crash Bandicoot remake? Yeah, the the Crash trilogy that just came out. Basically, I guess he's referring to Are people. People dig that. Uh, it was the top selling game in the PlayStation store during the month of July. Holy shit. So, and it was number two in June, despite only being on the market for one day. Damn. Yeah. People are all about that crash remake. Um, why did ukulele get panned while the other stuff gets praised? Well, I think, I think with shovel Knight, they have a good formula that their fans like. And if you notice with those expansions, like they add new characters and stuff like that, but they don't change what the game essentially is and and people like what the game essentially is um with crash bandicoot you took a beloved for some reason series from 20 years ago and you put a fresh new coat of paint on it and of course people are gonna like that and for and like i said i don't understand the obsession with crash bandicoot i've never understood the obsession with crash bandicoot now granted i didn't make it past the first game because after playing some of crash bandicoot one i didn't want to play any other crash bandicoot games because that game fucking sucks yeah, man. I don't care what anybody says. Terrible. Um, and I get, I guess with ukulele, and and again, I've played ukulele, um, and it was faithful to that genre of games, that banjo kazooie style, three D platformer. I don't know that it did a lot that was that was new to kind of move that genre forward. I guess. And to be fair with ukulele, like there are there are a lot of people who like that game, um, even though it got critically very mediocre scores um it's still there there's enough people out there who like that game that praised it and i think that if you're predisposed to liking that style platformer you probably like ukulele a lot more and if you were expecting it to be like the greatest 3d platform of all time maybe you're a little disappointed but i I mean just just biases that come with that um nostalgia also plays a huge part in the case of crash bandicoot that's the only that's the only thing I can think of because look the first time I played Crash a uh, Crash Bandicoot game was when I played Uncharted 4 and I couldn't I was like this is what this is what people like like Crash it came out at that time in the 90s where everybody had a mascot platformer right everybody had some little furry thing running from left to right, trying to be wacky and extreme because it was the nineties and I got burnt out on that shit. So I, I didn't like, I didn't play bonk and Bubsy and the Noid game and the, the seven up yours spot game and all that bullshit, man. Like I just got really, really sick of it. So I never jumped on the crash train. I'm, I'm amazed that that game has sold as well as it did. Well, and and again, we we nostalgia is the most dangerous drug in video games, to be sure. Yeah. Like like so there's so many gaming things that have sold on nostalgia alone. It's yeah. it's the reason why Goldeneye is still like a beloved game 
That game yo, sucks. Golden Isle's a piece of shit, yo. Right. <laughs> By today's standards, man. By today's standards, but like people are like, oh, I loved it because you know you did, you did, you loved it then. Yeah, you loved it's hanging out. With this your, kid, yeah. You loved hanging out with your buddies and yelling at the asshole that picked odd job. You know what I mean? Like, like, like that game was a first. Like the C buttons were like the the look stick. Like it. Yeah, gross. It was gross. Anyway, Evan says, "What's the worst place you've ever visited, excluding Florida?" <laughs> I'm glad that disclaimer's in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, where have I been? That's uh, I, uh mm. I don't hate Philadelphia. I don't like the um the way people think Philadelphia is so much better than, you know, any other city. Like, it's just a bunch of fucking, fucking white trash, just like Baltimore, just a bunch of white trash all over the place. Um, I didn't really have a good time in Boston, but it's a decent, it's a decent town. Um, uh, I don't know, man, everywhere I go, I try not to go to like shitty places. Um, yeah, I think every place I've been, I've enjoyed something about it. Um, and I don't, I don't travel to a ton of places, so I can't, uh, I'm, I'm kind of the same way. Like I can find the silver lining with a lot of places. I'm trying to think of anywhere I've been that I just didn't enjoy myself for whatever reason. And it's, it's tough to, uh, it's tough to think of that every, every, you know what? The only city that I didn't really care for was Atlanta. That's really? probably the only one that I can think of. Why was that? It because it was it's a weird it's such a weird downtown area, like just the way it's structured, and there's nothing to do. You gotta the thing with Atlanta, you gotta drive everywhere, right? And that's and that sucks when you're not driving. Like I was right. I was I was 14 when I went to Atlanta. Yeah, and you gotta, you gotta drive everywhere. Like there's like the transit system. Like downtown Atlanta is very weird. Like you said, because it's there's like the CNN building and there's the Coca-Cola building. And then there's a Ferris wheel for some fucking reason. And, and then like, then you got to drive like uh, 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 45 minutes to an hour to get somewhere. And it's just, yeah, it's too spread out. It's too spread out. Well, and, and then also like Atlanta, it's, it's also one of the few cities that has the highest cool shit to do in the suburbs to the city ratio. Mm. like like there's there's a lot of stuff to see in atlanta in the suburbs of atlanta but the city just doesn't really have anything for me i don't know it just it, it didn't the city did not make a impression on me when uh when i went there that's for sure yeah yeah atlanta's kind of boring um we we have family down well she has family down there and um we we generally don't go <laughs> <laughs> Um, I've been to, uh, Gaffney, South Carolina, home of, uh, president Frank Underwood. <laughs> and I saw that big ass peach. Like I saw that big ass peach that was there. That's really funny. Um, yeah, that that's, and that's actually a better, a better question is what places I've been to that I didn't anticipate to enjoy as much as I did like Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Huh? Gatlinburg. Yeah. Yo. It sounds like I don't need to be there. 
<laughs> no, it's a, it's a, it's actually a uh, it's actually a cool tourist city. Like it doesn't sound like it would be right because it's just fucking yeah. Gatlinburg. What the hell is that? Yeah. <laughs> but that was uh, Gatlinburg was pretty cool. Um, I I I was surprised I like San Antonio as much as I did. Um, hmm. I really like San Antonio. I haven't been to Texas. I gotta I gotta go to I gotta go to Texas. Her brother lives in Texas now, so we we might pay him a visit when it gets colder here. Um, look, Florida, man. Like everybody shits on Florida, but um, depending on where you are, it's not half bad. Like Miami's great. Miami is just Miami's amazing, right? But the problem with Florida is that it's so big and it's so swampy. Like there's not a lot to do if you if you're not in a major major city. And the wife is from just outside of Daytona. And even then, like, ain't shit to do in Daytona, but look at cars, you know, run around in circles for 500 laps. Like, it's not exactly, they're trying to come up, but it's not exactly the, like, a tourist attraction. You know what I mean? Right. I remember, like, Jacksonville wasn't anything special. You know what I mean? (laughs) Right. That's why my wife likes to go to the beach all the time, because ain't shit to do. So, but I don't know. And I'll tell you another city that I that I was actually shocked was as cool as it was was Cleveland. I've always heard that, man. I've always heard that. I might have to make that my. I might have to make that a, a stop. Cleveland, Cleveland's legit, man. Like it's so the whole city, or at least like the main part of the city, is about the size of like the Inner Harbor. Believe it or not, but there's some cool shit to do in Cleveland. They have some really cool bars. Not that you would care about the bars, but they had some really cool bars that we got to visit as well. I mean, I'd go to the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That was cool. Yeah, I'd do that in Cleveland. I'd go to the Miz's house. <laughs> that seems that seems fun. Uh, Michael says, "Let's talk about sex, baby." I want to talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that may be. Let's talk about sex. Let's talk about sex. Do you know um You're welcome. You know what was a weird thing in wrestling lore? What's that? Is why were like Salt and Peppa like on stage the entire time at WrestleMania 11? <laughs> like they were just kind of there. Really? Yeah, it was like, so they were like a musical guest, right? And like, I remember for some reason, and right before the main event, when Bam Bam Bigelow was coming out, like he like made a move towards them and was like, I'm going to get you. And they ran away like scared. <laughs> it was very strange. Like, like, I just remember, I was like, we're Salt and Pepper out the entire time at the forgotten WrestleMania. That is very odd to me. Yeah, that's weird. Um, Malcolm says, just finished Red Dead Redemption and wondering what you guys think the sequel entails. Um, <laughs> side note, I better not have to play as Jack. Malcolm, I am 100% in agreement with you. Um, if I have to play as Jack, if I find out I have to play as Jack, I might not buy that game. How about that? Because Jack, I, I, gross. Um, it is weird that that game comes out in six months. And nobody yeah, has any clue about the story. Nobody's talking about it. Uh, you know what, though? Like, that's good. That's good. I need people to not talk about it until they're ready to talk about it. So I, I, um, 
what do I think the sequel will entail? I think the sequel will be, will be a totally different story with totally different characters, much like how the, um, in, but in the same world, much like Grand Theft Auto takes place on the same earth. Like all the cities are there. Like Los Santos is the same Los Santos in Grand Theft Auto five as it is in Grand Theft Auto San Andreas or whatever. I might mm. be getting confused, but, um, yeah, I, I think that's what will happen. I have no, I, I think there'll be a totally different protagonist. Uh, you won't play as Jack. Um, and I would like to see maybe, I don't know what I would want to see. Cause I don't, I don't watch too many Westerns. So I have no idea what a Western story would be like. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I, I have no idea what I could even add as a cliche to see in a, in a sequel. How about you? I didn't play the first one. So I don't care. <laughs> what? I played six hours of Red Dead Redemption one. Oh man. You can talk about it? this. No, I don't, I don't, I don't typically care for Rockstar's particular formula of games. Mm. Ah, I wish I could tell you that this game is different, but it is not the, 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 the problem, the problem with their games. And I've said this before. I'll say it again. Their gameplay is not good. Like the actual mechanics and the, the actual playing of the game is never good. It's never great. How about that? It's never great. It's not abysmal, but it's never great. Okay. I'm willing, I'm willing to concede that it is not the best, but they have made, uh, advancements in their gameplay. They've constantly refined it to the point where I think, well, no, I won't even say that, but you would notice a, what was the last Rockstar game you played? It was probably, it probably was Red Dead Redemption. Honestly. You would notice a difference if you play Grand Theft Auto Five. Interesting, but the, pro- but the, the problem- same but the same gameplay loop is still there, right? My problem is, is that if you if you were asking me to spend upwards of fifty to sixty hours in your in your game world, I would expect me to enjoy playing the game. Like like Horizon Zero Dawn is a game that I would not have a problem spending. 50 to 60 hours in from a gameplay perspective because the the gameplay in that game is fantastic. Right? Mm-hmm. And I, I, I've never gotten that sense from Rockstar games. All right. I got you. I got you. Um, wow. I forgot about that. Yeah. I forgot that you are, you are un-American. <laughs> <laughs> Mark says, since we are at uh since we are at trend of older action stars still kicking ass when they should maybe consider retirement who would win in a full a full out bloody brawl between bruce willis liam neeson keanu reeves mel gibson sylvester stallone arnold schwarzenegger and harrison ford keep in mind that these are just the regular guys they are uh and they they're just the regular guys that they are and none of the characters that they previously played um it would be a knockdown drag out between it would come down to keanu reeves and mel gibson really i think liam neeson would be the guy i think you want to stake your money on 
I think Liam, I think you are thinking of Liam Neeson, the characters that he plays. I think Liam Neeson is just an old dude going through the motions. It takes 15 separate cuts for him to climb a fence. And that's in, and that's when he's a badass character. I can't imagine uh, Liam Neeson doing anything. Whereas Keanu Reeves, yeah, Keanu Reeves is just the guy Keanu Reeves, but Keanu Reeves like does his homework and he actually wants to be able to do that Kung Fu shit that you saw in the matrix. And he actually wants to be able to do the John wick stuff. Right. And Mel Gibson, I mean, like you cannot underestimate the, the berserker rage of a racist. Like (laughs) he's fueled by the power of fucking racism. Yeah, man. Like you cannot, you cannot, it's, it's like, fighting the Tasmanian devil, right? I think Keanu Reeves is a real-life urban ninja, and I think uh, Mel Gibson is quite possibly the devil incarnate. And the two of them would easily take out Bruce, I don't give a fuck about anything anymore, Willis. Liam, I'm too old for this shit, Neeson. Sylvester, I Stallone and Arnold just leave me the fuck alone Schwarzenegger and Harrison Ford is up somewhere crashing a plane. That's the only way Harrison Ford would win is if he was in a plane and he crashed down into the all out uh, ball. You know, what's weird is um, talking about Mel Gibson. And I don't know if you feel the same way as me about this, but you know, sometimes when someone like fucks up, or you, you're like you see their true selves. Mm-hmm. It becomes difficult to separate the art from the artist. Yes, never had that problem with Mel Gibson for really? some reason. Yeah, like I like I can still watch all the Lethal Weapons. Uh, Payback is still a terrible movie that I still enjoy watching whenever it's on TV. Mad Max is like it's it, it never it, for some reason with his movies it does not ever creep into my mind that this well, guy is a dodgy racist. So. One, that's because deep down uh, you condone it, and two. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I get what you mean. Like there are certain, like there are certain people. I mean, they are few and far between. Like whatever Michael Jackson may or may not have done, you put uh, Smooth Criminal on, I'm dancing, right? Um, but then there are certain people. Like for a long time, R. Kelly was like, "Well, I can still, you know, I still like Step in the Name of Love," right? But it, it's gotten to the point where it's like. All right, guys, like I can't I can't support you anymore, but I have I usually have no problem separating art from artist unless they do something heinous like, you know, piss on kids or something. Here's here's a good one that that that's always the probably the toughest one to answer. Where are you on OJ? Oh, fuck that guy. He did it. But I'm saying as far as like, can you watch can you still watch like the naked gun movies? Um, Wow. I probably can because he's not the focal point in those movies. You know what I mean? Like he's not like if this was an if this was a starring vehicle that OJ was in, I I, I would just like ugh, ugh. the only reason I was able to watch that um, that FX OJ thing, American Crime Story, is because I think that Cuba Gooding Jr. looks nothing like OJ Simpson. Oh, you think if they had found an uh, actor with a better likeness, it would have been tougher. 
Yeah, it would have been a little more difficult for me because I'm looking at this and I'm looking and I'm laughing because I'm like, why is Cuba Gooding Jr. calling himself OJ? <laughs> like, this doesn't make any sense. This is I, still, I still need to watch that series. I heard it was good and I have it on Netflix, but I haven't uh, haven't actually watched it. It's really good, man. It's it's really really good. Um, John Travolta looks like looks ridiculous in it, but it looks really it's it's really good. You should watch it. Uh, moving on, Matthew says. Uh, why are roguelikes the work of the? De- <laughs> why are roguelikes the work of the devil? It feels it feels as though you can't, you don't really have control of the game. Rather, you are playing, you are playing the odds that you'll have a good run this turn. It's there to, it's is there merit to ratchet up difficulty to the point where luck becomes a factor? Yeah, the merit's called replay value. Yep, it's the same. It's the same reason people are addicted to gambling, man. Um, you never know what you're gonna get, and people are like, "Wow, like what? What new trait am I going to get from Rogue Legacy from my from my deceased parents? Like, is it going to be a buff, or am I going to be blind in one eye?" Well, and the other reason it works too is that with like Rogue Legacy or or other roguelike games of that sort, they're not asking you for a significant time investment so if you get a shitty roll and you have to suffer through a crap run okay that was half an hour of my life not a big deal hit the reset button and do it again yeah so if if, like if they were asking you to play like 10 hours and it sucked and that would be that'd be a different story altogether oh yeah uh i look i might have to fight somebody (laughs) um gaston says my fiance is an extremely casual gamer she'll only touch uh, the occasional Mario game and mostly plays the mobile stuff. Uh, is there a game that y'all would recommend to kindly to kind of get her more into gaming, or uh, has it been a relatively lost cause in y'all's experience? Well, I can speak directly on this because I've gotten my wife to play a few games. Now, granted, my wife played games a little bit growing up, so it's not like she was coming in completely out of the cold with the stuff. Mm-hmm. So the, the 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 key, Gaston, is you have to find a fun cooperative game that she will be interested in from a thematic standpoint that has a very low complication overhead mm-hmm. and that you can play together. Because she won't... You're, you're probably not going to get her to play stuff by herself. That's That's very unlikely. Um, so find something you guys can play together that she will enjoy, especially like the theme, um, that, that'll be easy for her to pick up and play. That's your best bet. Um, the Lego games, you know, we, a lot of people look at them as kids games. Those games are, are easy to play and they're fun. Um, if you can find one that has a theme that she is, is, is down with, then, uh, that would be good. Uh, the newer Mario brother games, like the side scrolling ones that play like the old school ones, those can be played cooperatively. Um, that'd be a good a good way to do that as well and as she gets comfortable playing and so if she finds something she likes you might be able to spin her off into other things that you would rather play like for example like my wife started playing a lot of the lego stuff but now she'll play diablo 3 with me and she's quite good at it so um if your fiance is an artsy person and you're feeling daring um try journey it's low impact it's beautiful, in my opinion. Uh, it takes just enough skill that a person would have to know what the two uh, analog sticks do, like forward, back, and strafe, 
versus looking. If she could do that, I would try Journey. Um, like Brad said, Lego games are always great. Um, my wife has zero interest in video games. Well, not zero interest, but she has very, very little interest in video games. The only time she's ever played a video game with me uh, was at Demetrius's uh, party where that lunatic rented a, a, uh, like a trailer that had a bunch of video games in it. And she was like, Oh, let's play some video games. I'm like, what are you, uh, are you drunk? Like you've never wanted to play video games before, but we were, she, we were out. So she was showing out and, um, and we were like, all right, well, what do you want to play? And we played Mortal Kombat X. And she picked uh, the black girl because she's a black girl. And I picked the black guy because I'm a black guy. And then uh, I whooped her ass because you get no freebies. And um, I killed her. I murdered her. And then we all played Call of Duty of all games. So I would not recommend those games to start people out with, is what I'm saying. Um any side scrolling like any side scrolling platformer rayman mario um all that good stuff i would i would see if she takes to that johnny posts a gif of link slapping zelda's ass and giving the thumbs up all right <laughs> jake says it seems like we have at least two of you who are into racing What's your excitement level for Forza 7? I'm excited as I am uh, for the most, uh, I am for most in the series. I am for most in the series, but I really wish they'd get around to adding more tracks. I understand places like uh, more club level circuits and pit race and Nelson ledges not being in there. Uh, but not having tracks like Mid-Ohio, Barber, and Will Springs seem ridiculous. I'm Forza Forever, ride till I die, but let's expand tracks here too. And give me back uh, Sukuba. Sukuba, damn yeah. it. Place has some flow. I assume, I assume you know what the hell is going on here. Um. Well, no, because Jake, I've got good news and bad news, buddy. Good news is you got the two guys who like who like racing games on the show today. Um, the bat. Well, Terrence does too, actually. Oh, Terrence matter. loves them. Yeah, Terrence, Terrence, Terrence actually Terrence. probably more than the rest of us. Yeah. Um, Mike and I are filthy casual racing game fans, though. Yeah, buddy. We like we like our arcade racers. We like our Need for Speeds and our Mario Karts and our Burnouts and our, you know. F zeros, as Gaston mentions below, he wants to know zero. So do I, Gaston. So do I. <laughs> Johnny says, just wanted to say to gamers everywhere, appreciate the tank. Appreciate the tanks. You lazy ass DPS need them. Most tank jobs suck, but are essential. I agree. I prefer uh, when I was playing Final Fantasy eleven and fourteen. I would always pick Paladin, and nobody wanted uh, Paladins. They all wanted ninjas because ninjas could DPS and with a semi tank. Uh, fuck ninjas. Fuck them. Fuck ninjas. Fuck them. Aaron says, heard about that. Bo- heard about that box controller and why they won't let uh, Super Smash Brothers uh, melee tourney players use anything other than uh, a GameCube controller. What's up with that? 
this is a, I, I've not heard of the uh, of the box controller, but let's let's check it out. Apparently, this was a new controller uh, that came out. It was on Kickstarter. Uh, it's called Hitbox Smashbox. That's where box comes from, I guess. Um, probably why? Well, first of all, this controller looks ridiculous. So, Micah, this is a this is a GameCube controller done in the form of an arcade stick, but it is. All buttons. Yeah, I was about to say, why are there so many buttons on it? It's all buttons. There is no actual analog sticks or D-pads or things of that kind. Everything is laid out in button form, which is ridiculous. <laughs> which is ridiculous. Um, why can't they use these at Smash Brothers Melee? I don't know. Um, that's a good. I didn't realize that they restricted GameCube controllers. At that, uh, at Evo for that. I mean, but it's, it's a, it's, I don't know. Maybe you have a, maybe you have an advantage in that, you know, the, I, I, I honestly, I don't know. There must be some sort of advantage that, that one can think of in having the, instead of the digital, uh, inputs coming from the stick in eight directions, you have them laid out for you in eight mm-hmm. directions. So maybe you can palm the, the I, I have no idea. I I can't imagine why anyone would spend two, th- this when this was on Kickstarter. Um, it was two hundred dollars to get one of these things. You can really l- realistically only use this with Smash Brothers. That seems like a lot of fucking money to spend on a controller that you can only use for one, basically one game. I mean, apparently you can use it on PC as well. I guess that makes sense. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. This this is not a controller that I would ever buy. I can tell you that much. Johnny says, Micah, get a pro controller for your Switch. It's a must. Duly noted. I will get one on Friday. Um, Stuart says, if you could have the Bond franchise crossover with another movie franchise, which would you choose and why? Oh, man. That's that's tough because if it was going to cross over with anything, I would need it to be like a legit spy franchise, not anything fucking stupid. Well, the obvious answer is the Bourne franchise. Yeah, it's, that's pretty much the only one, I think, that that would work the way that I'd want it to. I wouldn't really want that to happen, though, honestly. I like I like Bond being Bond, doing his thing. Um, it's that's This is a hard question for me because, you know, most spy franchises take their cues from Bond either indirectly or completely, you know, like 100% like aping it. Um, I would never want it to cross over with something like Kingsman. Like, it's just, it's just, it's like Kingsman is its own thing. Bond is its own thing. Uh, yeah, I, I, it would have to be born and it would have to be like a spy versus spy type thing until they both realize that they have to, that they have to work together because you know, somebody is playing both sides against the middle. Um, like, I wouldn't want to see anything crazy like, oh, Bond meets Predator or some shit like that. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and, um, yeah, I, I would think it would have to be like, like an action franchise. Like, Bond is, Bond, like you said, Bond is its own thing for me. 
Uh, Mark says, if you guys could work for one gaming studio doing whatever, which would it be, Bioware? And uh, do you guys ever wonder if all Terrence needs is a hug? Maybe I ain't hugging him. <laughs> I ain't touching him. Get the hell away from me. Uh, probably Blizzard for me. Blizzard? Seems like a cool place to work, yeah. Uh, probably, yeah. I could see that. Mine is mine would definitely be Bioware. I I just I like what they do over there. Like even if even if uh, the world wants to pretend that what they do isn't good, I I enjoy it. Randy says, "What's your favorite WWE entrance? If you could have an entrance at work, what music would you choose?" Oh man, now, any music or wrestling music? I mean, I'm assuming it's wrestling music. Um, so when when we have to qualify this. Is this regular entrance or is this, can we include unique entrances like one-off versions of an entrance in, in this mix as well? Um, you can do both. Okay. Um, I get, I honestly, you know, my favorite entrance is probably triple H's entrance. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> his, his, his standard one where, you know, he does the whole, you know, water bottle at the ramp and then walks down, climbs up on the apron, takes the swig, spit, you know, giant fucking water, spit at the top with with the with the extra you got to have the extra water spit at the end too <laughs> otherwise otherwise it doesn't work um so he i, I would th- i think the triple h probably my favorite um my favorite entrance on a regular basis i would think um music is easy for me it's either um perfection um <laughs> or um uh, pomp and circumstance. See, I thought about pomp and circumstance, but I it, it, and I especially like that specific version of it. Um, you got to go with 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 Steve Austin, though, don't you? Let people know you're there right away. That's a top five for me. Yeah, that's a top five. The thing about a good wrestling entrance is you got to hook somebody within like like that. That first note has to be something iconic, right? Like. Like uh, what's that dude's name? Bobby Roode, right? Like hearing Glorious come out. Oh like, wait, actually, I'm I'm changing my answer to that. That's that's the one. That's <laughs> like that, the one that I need. Like that's amazing, right? Like it's it's glorious, right? So, um, yeah, like the like any one of those three are pretty amazing to me. Um, as far as entrances go, I mean, I like Shinsuke's entrance, but like. I, I wouldn't want people who are like dormant epileptics to find out that they're epileptic. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, I, wondered, I wondered the same thing whenever his entrance starts. I'm like, should they have like an epilepsy warning before, before he comes out? Like, this seems like a bad idea. <laughs> you start hearing the violins. You better shut your eyes, man. <laughs> um. I also like uh, I also like Bray Wyatt's entrance, and um, I like Bray Wyatt's entrance before the WWE put the put the fireflies on his little Titantron in the background, like when it was just organic and people just threw up their their cell phone flashes. I thought that was pretty cool, and uh, you can never go wrong with uh, Jericho, like the entrance and the song is some of the is one of the one of the top five for me when it comes to like combination of both chris chris jericho's ability to constantly 
iterate himself is really underrated. I think in, in wrestling lore, like, like the fact that that dude's been doing his thing for 25 years and he still came up with one of the best bits of his career, like a year ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like, and it was the same thing. Like when he first came back after that long absence and like all, all he added was that light up jacket. Yeah. <laughs> like, holy shit. Like, that's awesome. That's a wrinkle. I didn't even know I needed to the jail. <laughs> but there it is. Uh, Jay says, is Jay the black version of Niles? Um, no, Jay is not the black version of Niles. Jay, I actually liken Jay more to Frazier than Niles, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. Like, um, like, like, like Jay, Jay is the type that, that thinks he's the smartest guy in the room yeah. all the time. And, and, you know, he has all the answers all the time. He's, he's not, Jay, you're not neurotic like Niles is. No, you're quite the opposite. Like you are a hot tempered, uh, uh, know-it-all lunatic. You're a blowhard, is what he is. Right, and 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 Frazier, like like both both guys are exceptionally bougie, but Frazier takes steps to be outwardly bougie. Yeah, like he wants everyone to know his level of bougination, and I feel like that Jay is the is the same way in that regard. You have no idea. Oh, I do. Yeah, well, yeah, you've been to his house. I say, I've, I've, I've known the man now for fuck, what, five years, six years now? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a book on beer. Like, all right, all right, all right, all right, dude. All right, get out of here with your, your gluten allergy that you've never had before. <laughs> but all of a sudden, you have it. Get out of here. Chris says, in your opinion, what's the worst movie uh, that the majority that the majority of people love? Man, who loves bad movies? <laughs> there's there's a few there, there's a few that I that come to mind. Um Drive, I think, is relentlessly overrated. Hmm. I hate that movie. I remember liking it. Um, I guess that proves your point. There you go. Um I don't I don't I don't know what uh the worst movie that people that the majority of people love. I mean, a lot of people like them Transformers movies. Maybe not this last one, but those things constantly made money. Although, made, although they made their money overseas, so I guess that doesn't really count. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know who. I, I don't. I try not to associate myself with people who <laughs> like bad movies. That's my cop out answer, and I'm going to stick to it. Anthony says, "Fan cast a modern day Street Fighter movie." Um. <laughs> Which I'd uh, seen this one before. Um, Chun Li is uh, Ming Na Wen. Still, is, of course she is. Still, uh, uh, yep. Okay, absolutely, she can still do it. Gal is John Cena. Uh, <laughs> that's that, that's an easy one. That's a super that's, easy one. Let's get the easy ones out the way. Um, I I liken Ken to be either uh, Dolph Ziggler. I always thought Dolph Ziggler is like a perfect Ken Masters, right? But if you want like a real actor. Um, maybe like a Bradley Cooper type. Yeah, I could see that. That would work actually. That would work um, out really well. See, Ryu's tough. Ryu's tough because I'm trying to find a Japanese guy, and I'm look. I'm sorry. I'm just gonna have an Asian guy. I love Daniel Day Kim, and I think Daniel Day Kim is badass enough, right, 
from his from his performance as Johnny Gat, I think he's a good looking dude, right? So you can get the the fucking hot Ryu thing going, and the guy's a decent actor. I like Daniel Day Kim for for uh, Ryu. Honda is tough, but I you don't but, you don't need to have Honda in, in the Street Fighter movie. So you don't you don't that's that's the thing you don't need to get every single character. Well, I was I was thinking the original eight. Okay, how about uh, Street Fighter two? Well, how about like you have that then bison, right? And that's the thing, man. I, I want you to use stock footage of Raul Julia. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I want you to do. You, you need can't, to, you can't think of an actor that would do a good job playing that role, like legit, instead of like hamming it up. You know who I always thought would be a good bison? Uh Sid Vicious. The wrestler. No, like he always, that's true. he always he always scared me, man. Like he always scared me. I don't know what it was. Um, I think you could get like a Josh Brolin to be a half decent M. Bison. He could be pretty serious and fierce, dude. Oh, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. He's uh, his cable pictures came out today. Yeah, if he can be cable, he could he can do M. Bison. Yeah, I I like that idea. Um, Sagat. I mean, who's a tall? Who's a tall? I don't know. You know who they would have cast to play Sagat if it was 2003? What was that? Michael Clark Duncan. <laughs> they, they, would, they would have just retconned the race. <laughs> Tell me I'm lying. Oh, God. Tell me um, I'm wrong. I'm not going to tell you wrong. That's right, you because you can't. Because I can't do it. Because you can't. Um, uh, who's an Indian dude? <laughs> Dev Patel, the, la- the latest game show on Dead Pixels. Who, who right? Who's that Indian dude? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, not Dev Patel. Uh, who's the um, who's uh, who's uh, either Russell Peters is Russell Peters Indian, or uh, the guy from the Daily Show who was like the Indian correspondent, Simon Minaj. There you go. That's he could be. He could be <laughs> Dawson. <laughs> Good lord! Um, this this is quickly devolved into racial stereotypes. The movie, which to be fair, would be completely accurate for a Street Fighter film. Uh, that's hey. To, that's to be it. frank, I can't think of any other ones. Yeah, um, that, that, that's one. If I had seen before, um, we could have prepped, but we did not look. James says, "How did you all meet, and how did you get into gaming?" Um, we all met through GameStop. Yes. And, um, I got into gaming back in 1985 when my grandmother bought me a Nintendo Entertainment System, uh, much to the chagrin of my parents, and um, fell in love with it ever since. Yeah, my dad had an Atari that we used to, and, an, and an NES that we used to mess around with, and then I got my own, I think, in 89, I want to say, and that was the end of that. Yeah. That was it. She wrote. Uh, Daniel says, do you think there's an oversaturation of third party slash indie titles in the market? <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> I, will, I will check you on that once you're done reading the question. If so, how could it be regulated better? I might be the minority, but I hate trudging through the crap to find the good indie games I would really like to play. So there, Mike, Mike, of course, will say there's an oversaturation 
of indie games in, in the digital marketplaces. I don't think there's an oversaturation of indie games. I think there's an oversaturation of bad indie games. All I think right. that's your biggest problem. And yes. as far as so as far as regulation, Steam is taking steps to regulate it a little bit better. I don't think you need regulation though. I think what you need is you need the cream to rise up. And that can only be done by having your gatekeepers like Steam and Sony and Microsoft actually pay attention to the games that are coming through their gates and elevating those games so that they can be seen by more people instead of having them in the same fucking pit as every, you know, every game that comes out that week. I think that's, I think that's your, it's not a problem of regulation. It's a problem of curation is the bigger problem. I see that, um, you know, every time I go into PlayStation store, like if you go into PlayStation store, as of this taping, there was a, a spotlight on some indie games. Like they're having like indie games coming out all this week and all next week, all this month. Um, I don't know if those games are good. And I was going to ask you, is that, is that, uh, that's a sale. That's a sale. That's not, that's not a, yeah, they're, they're not like, Hey, this is rated incredibly well. Like this is just, Hey, this is going to be on sale this week. Maybe you should. Right. That's just, that's just, Hey, indie spotlight, check out these games. And Hey, by the way, there's like, yeah, they're not, they're not propping those games up to, to, I mean, they are propping up the dry sales, but it's, but it's done in, in the form of a sale rather than as a way to actually give those games exposure. Mm. Basically. Gotcha. Uh, Fabian says, how much longer can rockstar milk GTA five? You know what? When, when, when okay, I Fabian, I need, I need to put this in perspective for you. Grand Theft Auto Five is a game that is so beloved that many people bought it twice because they bought it when it came out on PS3 and 360, and then they bought it again on PS4 and Xbox One. Like that game is literally sold. I'm pretty sure at this point it's over. I'm, I'm pulling this number out of my ass. Um, like 80 million copies. Which is ridiculous. <laughs> which which puts that only there, there's only two games ever, ever that have sold more than Grand Theft Auto Five, and one of them shouldn't even count because they're counting every iteration of Tetris that's ever come oh, as one game, and that's that's a load of shit. That's technicality, but, right? But G, so GTA Five is the best selling game ever made, besides Minecraft, essentially. So yes, they they'll they'll keep milking it as long as there's milk left in the cow. And judging by the the runaway success of GTA Five, there's plenty of milk in the cow left. I like those games. I do not like them enough to play them online and to keep play, playing them online, though. Like I'm amazed that they're still coming out with content for right like, and and real and and realize too that the vast majority of the money for GTA now, it's not coming from people buying the game. It's coming from digital sales. Yep. Like that, like that game is producing all the time. So yeah, they'll keep making GTA as long as there's an audience for GTA and recent history would suggest there's still a very, 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 very large audience for GTA. Yep. Cam says, fuck Jay discuss. Um, I'm assuming that's not a command because of it. <laughs> I'm going to do that. Um, but yeah, he's a, he's a prick. 
he's a he's a he's a he's a big prick metaphorically speaking yes um, metaphorically speaking he make sure we get that in there yeah he is um he is as we said uh a know-it-all he's uh he's a blowhard um he he i asked him in a private message, I think he mentioned it on one of the shows, but I asked him in a private message because some stupid ass internet debate was going on. And if one thing Jay loves to do, he loves to talk. And if there's one thing that he loves to do more than talking, it's being right. And I said, well, what do you like? I don't see the point of debate with, with certain people on certain topics. Um, isn't the point of debate to try and sway people to your side. And he was like, no, he was like, it's an exchange of ideas. And, and you know, I, I said, look, you don't like debate. You like being right. And you like people knowing, you like telling people that you are right. And he was like, yeah. <laughs> like, he, like he's, he's a dick. He's a dick. I've known him for years. He's always been like that, too. Don't let that fucking, don't let that, that, uh, that uh, high-pitched voice fool you. He's, he's, he's a bit of an ass. Trey says night trap physical version goes on sale this Friday. Also, what do you guys think of folks uh, breaking limited runs website to flip all the last, all the last releases for cash? (sighs) Secondary markets are a tough thing to condone to condemn i should say because who do you where, where do you cast the blame that's the question like if if people are purchasing these through legitimate means and a company is making the decision to only make a limited number of something and you and people know that it's going to be limited can you can you really begrudge someone for wanting to make a quick buck yeah like i don't like i don't blame scalpers for scalping nes classics i blame nintendo for not making enough of them and that's 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 where you got to lay the blame. So if limited run says, "Hey, we're only going to have X number of copies," and you know they put them up for pre order, and people know that there's only X number of copies, and there will only ever be X number of copies, or at least that's what they think. You're 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 opening the door. Like you're you're at, you might as well put out a big neon sign that says "Scalpers Welcome Here." Please come come take our things. And that's just the way it is. And and it sucks. It sucks for anyone that legitimately just wants to purchase one, right? Like, like if you couldn't get in and get, and get that pre-order, it really sucks for you that you're either now going to either go without, or you're going to have to pay over market value to get that. And that's unfortunate, but that's, that's just, that's the price of, uh, of like a free market basically, you know? Yeah. So Jeremy says, Brad, on a scale from the Brooklyn Brawler to The Rock, how excited were you when your kid went to the potty for the first time? JC, my son, went for the first time yesterday. I'll rate myself HBK first title victory level of excitement. <laughs> so I, I don't, I can't remember if I've, I feel like I've mentioned this on the show before, um, but I can't remember if I've talked about it at length or not. Um, my son, Xander, is uh, he's autistic, so he's three years old. Um, and so every day is kind of a new adventure because he obviously is a little bit further behind where a lot of kids would be. So I've not gotten this particular joy yet. Um, I will tell you the first time that we did buy a trainer toilet for him, the first time we sat him down, he peed in it and we thought we had like a savant and we're like, holy shit, like he gets it (laughs) immediately. And of course that's the only time that he's ever peed in the, uh, in the training toilet so far. So 
he's showing the signs that he wants to like now, like, and Mike, I don't know if, if you know all these signs, but like now, whenever he, whenever he poops, he like runs into a corner or hides somewhere to do it because I guess he doesn't want to do it in, in person. And he's like constantly tugging at his diaper now, whenever he does go to the bathroom. So he, he wants to, the challenge for us though, because he's nonverbal right now still is, is figuring out how to, to teach him how to do that without being able to communicate. So that's, that's where we are right now. But trust me, dude, when, when that, when that fucking happens, when when that eventually does happen, I'm going to be like Mick Foley winning the WWE title (laughs) level of, of excitement. Probably that's, that's probably what you'll see from me. So. Uh, that'll put butts in the seats. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm trying to get his butt in the seat. That's the key. <laughs> so. Gaston says, I don't know if anyone asked, but Brad, what do you think of the Neymar movie? So do you know about the not Neymar movie, Neymar move, Neymar transfer? Neymar Mike, movie, have you heard so. about this? No. Okay. So are you, do you, Mike, do you for, and actually I'll just explain it anyway. The, so the way that contracts and and player movement works in soccer and holy shit there's a there's an amber alert that's that's what that was sorry folks um the way that transfers work in soccer is it's not like american sports where oh i have a player and you have a player and we trade those players or hey this player's contract runs out so he's a free agent he can sign wherever he wants they they still do have free agents in soccer but for the big players that's not usually how they move what what normally how they move is you have a player on a team and that player is really good. And so a bigger team will come along and says, we would like to have that player. And so what they do is they pay the team who has that player under contract, usually an exorbitant sum of money um, to acquire the contract of that player. And then they have to negotiate a new, a new contract with the player as well. It's called a transfer fee. Um, And lately they've been getting kind of ridiculous. So, so the world record for transfer fee was set last year when a player named Paul Pogba uh, moved from Juventus to Manchester United. And Manchester United paid Juventus 110 million pounds just to just to be able to talk to the player, if that makes sense. Yo. <laughs> oh, but hang on, Michael. We're not we're not there yet. So in the in the Spanish Premier in the Spanish top football league, every player is required by by law to have a what's called a buyout clause or a reserve clause in their contract, which is a amount of money that if a team says, Hey, we will pay you this amount of money that's in this contract, then that team has to release that player. Okay. For the top players, it's usually an exorbitant sum of money that no right thinking team would ever come, come and encroach. Enter the top team in the French league, Paris Saint-Germain, who is owned by basically owned by the Qatari government for lack of a better term. And they're like, man, Neymar Jr., who is a who's the, he was the top Brazilian player and and probably one of the best three players in the world right now. And he plays for Barcelona. And they're like, which is one of the top two clubs in the world, by the way. And they're like, wow, that Neymar Jr. guy, I think we'd really like to have him for our team. He's 25, his best years are still ahead of him, and he can make us a juggernaut both in the French League and in the Champions League where we could be one of the top teams in the world. And Barcelona's like, well, that's cool, bro, but uh, his tw- his release clause is 232 million euros, and I seriously doubt that you're going to want to pay that much money. And they're like, no, we're good. We're fine. Here's 232 million euros to acquire this player. And then, oh, by the way, they're paying Neymar an additional 40 million euros a season for five years. 
God damn. <laughs> so it is it is the most bad like it literally more than doubled the previous record for transfer fee. Um it is a batshit crazy thing. All of the soccer world is still kind of like floored by it and laid out by it and aghast by it. It's 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 insane. It Yo. is insane. Yo, ain't nobody in the world worth that much money, man. I, I agree with you. I agree. With, I mean, and it's like maybe Messi and Ronaldo in their prime, you can make that argument for. But even then, that's a lot of money. And and the problem is that it's so much money that instead of Neymar, you could have spent that same money and gotten like four or five world-class players to add to your team <laughs> instead of this one you know, super guy. It, it's it's crazy. It's just an absurd, absurd amount of money. Now, and, what, what happens if, God forbid, that guy breaks his leg or something? I mean, those those contracts, the contracts are insured. So, like, if he breaks his leg, they have an insurance company that would pay his contract that he couldn't afford. But as far as the transfer money, that's <laughs> that's that's in Barcelona's pocket right now, basically. It's an insane, wow. insane amount of money. Wow. Um, Gaston continues. Also, Micah and Terrence, how do y'all feel about the fact that Overwatch, the Overwatch League, has guaranteed contracts and benefits before the NFL does? Um, good on the Overwatch League. Uh, you know, every week there's a goddamn football story coming out that just really sours me on the game. Here's oh I, I'm first of all I'm way ahead of you in, in that department in in the first place but the problem with the NFL is that if their players union had any leverage at all they could get guaranteed contracts mm-hmm. the problem is is that when all of your pretty much all of your owners are like the NFL is their hobby that's not what that's not where the bulk of their money came from right. That's just their toy that they play with on the side. So if the players were like, you know what? We're going to strike until we get guaranteed contracts. The owners will just sit back and be like, okay, how long can you wait to not get paid? Because I can wait a hell of a lot longer than you can. So it's it's a problem because the NFL is the only North American sport that doesn't have guaranteed contracts. Like the only – and that's that's why to to compensate for that, players – I, that's why I never mind holdouts that players do, like with training camps where they're trying to get new contracts. And that's why I also don't mind when players negotiate for super big signing bonuses because those bonuses are the only guaranteed money that they get. The the team could sign them to a five year contract. Two years later, say, "Eh, we don't want to. We don't want this guy anymore. Cut him," and they don't owe him a dime, but they do still owe him the full amount of the signing bonus that they uh, that they agree to. Mm. Yeah, so. I, this season. Uh, I'm just out of it. Like I think I might I think I might join you in watching like football, football and not Hey, I like I said I was I was on the anti NFL bandwagon before it was cool. So Yeah. Never forget that when the NFL doesn't exist in twenty years because <laughs> because nobody no because the top athletes won't want to play it anymore because they know they you know they actually want to walk and talk after, <laughs> by, by age forty still. Oh God. Um Brian says have any of you guys played Warframe? If so, what do you think about it? I think this might be up your alley, Brad. 
for the Diablo-esque nature of it, as it's very much all about that sweet, sweet loot. I remember, um, because Terrence talked about this on the show, and I remember being interested in it, but the problem is I just, I don't have time for another lifestyle game to find its way into the mix. I really don't like, I, I'd, I'd like to give Warframe some time. I've downloaded it. Um, cause I, I plan on checking it out, but when you're playing Diablo and you're playing FIFA and you're playing destiny, it's, it's just hard to find the hours to, to dedicate to another game that requires a lot of attention. Essentially. I knew a person who had destiny and Warframe and preferred Warframe to destiny. Um, he just liked the way it played. He, he dug the atmosphere. He got into the lore of it. Um, I never really got into it, uh, cause I was playing destiny at the time, but I might uh, look, I'm not even gonna lie and be like, Oh, I'll check it out. Like I probably won't, but, um, but Hey, if you are enjoying it, uh, that's all it really counts. And, you know, maybe it'll be. On one of those, on one of those slow like months when there's nothing and I don't have anything to play, Warframe is one of those free to play games, right? Mm-hmm. I, might, I might just download it and give it a shot. See, uh, see if I can get like a Dex- Destiny fix until until Destiny Two comes out. So that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Excellent. Well, thank you guys for your responses to question of the week. Uh, that's also the show. So make sure uh, if you're not in our fan group, you're missing out. Dentpistols.com slash fans on Facebook. Make sure you uh, make sure you check that out and hop in the conversation. Uh, you can also leave us a five star review on iTunes. It'd be great if you did. We'll read it on the air. If you have anything to plug, drop it in there. We'll plug it for you. Uh, Facebook and Twitter at Pixels is our uh, handle there. You can also subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play Music, or any other podcatcher that you choose. You can find us just by searching Pixels. And, of course, we are all on Twitch TV as well. I am Pixels Brad. Terrence is Apparition410. Micah is Dense Black Nerd. Carrie is Suffolk's Carrie. So that's it. That's it. That's Everything. Starflower comes out tomorrow. Oh, that's right. For, uh, for Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Are you excited? Probably not. Not really. All look, I'm just reminded of that Star Five story that I can't tell on here. <laughs> so that's it. See ya. Yep. See ya.